All right. Look at this killer waterfall. Isn't this thing awesome? <laughs> I, I'm sure that Vanessa is just hating it that I'm up here near it because uh, she put it together. I offered to offer to help her do it, and she said no. <laughs> so, no, she's very talented, and that's just wonderful. So, beautiful, beautiful. All of the decorations and everything here is just wonderful. And they've been working so hard all week. But they restrict my movement, you know. So, and I have to be careful I don't tear anything up while I'm here, you know. I get in trouble for that. They'll be all over me, that's for sure. Especially if I go that way. So, I could, I could. That might not be such a bad thing for you. <laughs> okay. Well. Then we're going to be in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, a wonderful chapter, um, one that the apostle is speaking um, uh, about his own ministry here and the way things line up as far as where God has placed him. An interesting group of scripture, um, but also very pertinent to us. And so I don't know if I'm... Uh, That must be my dynamic personality coming through the mic. Yeah, I am. I'm on fire this morning. Uh, anyway, uh, let's pray. Father, we just want to glorify you and honor you this morning. We thank you, Lord, that um, just for uh, the way the church has transitioned for next week, and, or for this week, Lord, for tomorrow, and these, what the kids are going to get to see, Father. And we praise you for all these that have shown up here this morning to hear your word. We pray that you will move and touch here in a mighty way here, Father, that you'll move by your spirit, that you'll just open our hearts and our minds to receive from you now, Lord. So, Father, we glorify you, we honor and worship you, and we, we just want to give this time over to your hands and have your way. Please anoint and move the way you have. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, starting at verse 1. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry, we have, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart, but we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in conscience sight of God. He says here that, uh, and I'm going to use the uh, New Living Translation as a backdrop to kind of make sure that, you know, as to... Make sure we're on, you know, in the right, um, uh, so we have a better understanding of what's going on there and that sort of thing. But um, he says, therefore, since God in his mercy has given us this new way or a new ministry, we reject all shameful deeds and that in underhanded methods so that we're not trying to trick anyone or distort the word of God. And we tell the truth before God, all who are honest know this. And so he's, what he's doing is he's trying to, to make sure that we understand that he's not being deceitful and that sort of thing. And as to how he's teaching and what it is that he's doing with the word, he's going to make sure that we understand, you know, exactly um, <clears throat> that, that, Everything that he's doing is from God. And so we have to kind of take a step back and understand that 2 Corinthians was written within a year of 1 Corinthians. And uh, there was talk 
that the apostle did not have authority and that he wasn't sincere and that sort of thing and what it was that he was teaching and where things were going with this. And so there was a, mist, a distrust of Paul, you know, that was moving within the church at the time. And that's why the letter would come so quickly. And, uh, and so he's defending his authority. And this is pretty cool because he defends his authority by the evidence of his uh, sincerity. And so, um, and I just want to take a, a moment and, and stop here with this because he's talking about as, as an apostle and, and, you know, and I want to assure you that, you know, Pastor Zeke and Pastor Daniel, Pastor Jacob, God has put in authority here at church. And I can assure you that they are indeed sincere when it comes to the word of God and in prayer and that stuff. They are not, you know, trying to be deceivers or trying to trick people or trying to be goofy about stuff and everything. They are very sincere about the things that they do and where God leads them and how he sets things up. And no, I'm not going to step on that. And so um, <clears throat> and so he's very so I want you to I just want to kind of put that in there that that we're fortunate that our pastors are very sincere and very much into the Word of God, and they know and they hold to that. And we can, be, we can rest assured that that is you know, happening here at this place. And so, but um, as he goes on here, um, uh, he, uh, so he starts off with that God in His mercy has given them this new way, this ministry. And so he prefaces this somewhat in uh, chapter 3. So we're going to jump back and look, start at verse 15 of chapter 3 here, because he says, but even to this day, when Moses or the law is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face behold as beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of the Lord. Incredible scripture. This is one of those things that as we read this and we reread it and we look at it and we examine it, it's amazing scripture because when he starts, when we really start to look at this and start to examine it and how we're being, you know, coming to the image of God himself and these kinds of things, we, it, it's hard to fathom. It's hard for us to grasp a hold of exactly what it is that, that I mean, we understand what he's saying, but the grasp the gravity of what this means is unreal and so um we're going to kind of dig into this a little bit but he says here that when the law is read like the the you know the message of moses or whatever their hearts the jews are covered with a veil and they don't under, they didn't they don't understand uh, but you know, when one turns to Christ, the veil is taken away and the Lord is spirit. And where the spirit is, where the spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. So we have freedom in, in getting away from the things of this world and the things that, that harbor us and the things that bring us down and the things that push us down and the things that keep us from moving and doing things and that sort of thing. And we're going to examine even further here how the God of this world has changed things and made it difficult. But man, we have freedom. And sometimes we think that we're more, no, we're restricted. 
or, or whatever, that because I'm a Christian, I can't do this and I can't do that. And somehow that restricts me. And he's like going, no, you are freed up. You are beyond what the, the, the pull of this world is. You're no longer caught up in the nonsense and the garbage that it pulls you into. We don't have to do those things. They do. If you don't know Christ, you, you are hooked by the nose and you are drugged through the mire and you have got to do those things. You can't stop it. It's impossible to. You can't just walk away from things. Because you're hooked into it. And you have to be caught up into this. But we now have freedom. And we're not into that. All of us who have had the veil moved, we can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as the Spirit of the Lord. And so he's like going, we're, we're being transformed into that, that image into that thing that the, of what it is that makes up Christ. We're moved into that same place, that same image. We are freed up to be in that and no longer caught up in this world. So, you know, he's saying that he isn't trying to trick anybody or he's not trying to distort the Word of God. He's telling the truth before God because God's given him this ministry and he's not going anywhere. And as we're going to see here, as we get towards the end of this, how he's been put upon and how he's been torn up and how he's been stomped down and that sort of thing. He's like, oh, I'm just doing it so you guys can get saved because I know where I'm going and I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with this because this is where God's placed me and I'm good with that. And he even says that I'm being renewed inside even though I'm being torn up on the outside. I'm being renewed daily inside. And it's wonderful. And we can take ourselves and place it into that because we know what it means to be torn up, don't we? Is it, you know, as he's like going, yeah, oh, I don't relate to that preacher because he's like some apostle. I ain't no apostle. It, that, that don't mean nothing. We're all, you know, walking in this world and we're all getting tore up. And we know what he's saying. We know how it is. We know how difficult it is. I'm getting ahead of myself here. I don't want to do everything in the next 10 minutes here. I want to have nothing left to say. So let me, uh, let me jump back here and look, start at verse 3 here. He says, but even if our gospel is veiled, <coughs> it may be done sooner than you think. There we go. That's better. Okay. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, uh, your bondservants for Jesus' sake. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give light to the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Whoa, I'm not going to go there yet. We're going to look at this stuff before that. But that is one awesome scripture, really. So he goes on, he goes, So if the good news we preach is hidden behind a veil, it is hidden only from the people who are perishing because Satan is the God of this world and he has blinded the minds of those who don't believe. And they're unable to see the glorious light of the good news. 
and they don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. Man. So they're blinded. They can't see the light. They're blinded. That's it. That's where they're at. Those that don't know Christ that are perishing. There's a book called Things Unseen. It's by a guy named uh, Mark Buchanan. And he talks about um, an unsettling um, in, in our lives, no matter, you know, whether we have, you know, you know, all of a sudden things are clicking or things are bad, you know. Um, he talks about how we have a life here that, you know, maybe we finally get that promotion or maybe, you know, we finally are able to purchase a house or something falls into place or maybe we've been ill and we're feeling better or whatever and all of a sudden life is good. There was a movie you know, where a guy was saying that, you know, he works his whole life so that, you know, and you work really hard and stuff so that at some point in your life, you have for just one minute peace. And his son had come in to talk to him about something and he's telling him this and he's like going, hey, Pop, right now, that's not this minute, you know, because he had something he needed to tell him that was not good. But it's like we work really hard for this moments of peace and that kind of thing. But even when those things fall into place and maybe you find that right person or, or, or maybe you're just going through it so hard that you're just beat down and it's really tough and everything. We remember that we're just passing through. This is not, this is temporary no matter what. And so we always have kind of a longing. Even if I think that I've arrived or I know that, oh, everything is good and, and this is finally, you know, I'm going to get to this place. If I could just make it to retirement, you know, then I could be out from under this. And if I could just get to this place or if I could just find that person. Or if I, and those things, a lot of times we're blessed with that and it comes to, to completion. But there's just, it's not enough. There just needs more. That's because we're just passing through. We're, this is not every. This is not the end. We're working through this because we want to be with the Lord. We don't want to just stay here. You know, it's like man. If I could have my my life now, you know, like like they say that that people, you know, the the reason why you know young people have children is because they're young and they can handle it. You know, I mean, you know, but you know, it would be hard on my wife if she had a baby now. You know, it'd be tough. You know. And uh, it's it's like we have worked so hard and everything. We get to a spot, but we still have a longing. But also, this this man, he had, um, Mark Buchanan, his brother had gotten a job. This is back in the 80s. And his brother had gotten a job um, in uh, Bangkok, Thailand. And so him and his wife got to go and visit um, and his brother worked for like a distribution center and a relief center and that sort of thing there. And they were bringing relief to people. And so he got to go and visit places that maybe they did the touristy stuff, but they didn't. But there was might have been some things that that maybe, you know, the tourists didn't get to go to. And one of them was an orphanage. And they took a long trip out into the country to go through to to try to get to this orphanage. And um and uh, when they got there, finally, after all this driving and such, and they got to the gate, and they were met by a worker there, and this person's like going, guys, feel free to walk around and examine things all you want to. It's cool. Just go ahead. He says, man, as soon as they went in the gate, they were mobbed. 
They said every one of all of those that were with them were all, each one of them were carrying two children. There were children attached to their legs. They were hanging onto their clothes. They could barely move. They could barely walk. They, they would stroke their faces and they would pull their hair and their, on their arms and stuff. They couldn't get their faces close enough to them. They, they would suck on their clothes and things like that. They just, they just couldn't get close enough and they were just grasping and holding on, you know, just trying to get as close as they possibly could. And so when it came time to leave, um, they had to pry the children off of them and just, you know, hold them back. And he quotes this and he says, this is a quote here. He says, many of the children wept and looked at us stricken and betrayed because they were having to leave. They couldn't take all these kids. They couldn't, they, they, there was no way. They couldn't, you know, take even one. They, there's nothing. They, they couldn't do anything about it. He said, and on the drive home, they were just silent. Nobody could speak. And even later on, days later, they just couldn't really talk about the experience because it was so moving and was difficult. And so, but then he goes on and he said that there was one thing that he wanted to pass on. And this was something that really kind of rocked me because this is a quote here. He says, the longing in us for the parent is so deep and so desperate that deprived, that deprived of him, any stranger will do. And that really rocked me because when I was looking at this, and he's talking about how when they went there and the children, though they had no parent, this was an adult and they attached themselves to that. But also um, it, it showed me that that's what happens in this world when Satan shows up. And the longing for all of us are so much there for the parent that they will attach themselves to Satan and they will cling to him and they will rub his face and they will love on him though he abuses them and humiliates them and he hates them. They will still attach themselves to the stranger. And that is the plight of this whole world. That is where everybody is. There are billions of people out there in this position. And there are millions dying every day. And he does not give anything about what happens to them. Because if he can separate them and blind them from the light of the gospel, he will do it because he hates them. And he will take them down. And that is the position that, that the whole world is in. That's why God says, vengeance is mine. I will repay. Don't judge the world. Let me handle it. I know what to do. I've got this. We can get a little inkling, a little tiny bit of how God feels when all of these people are dying, just like when they went to that orphanage. And as they leave, him their faces are stricken because they they feel that they are rejected and the stranger most certainly has rejected because he gets to send, take them to hell and that's his desire to separate them from god and keep them in that position so they don't know him and we have the light we got the light we're in the same position as the apostle and we can share 
Now we don't need to take a bullhorn and go out on the street and start yelling, but we can just live our lives as if God is real in us and the light is really there. Because this is it, man. This is where God has set it up so that others can know him by whatever it is and however he wants to use us. That is what he wants to do. He wants the others to know him. He wants that none should perish, but all come to him. And it's not about, um, you know, how I'm, I feel kind of weird, man, you know, because if I say something, they'll think I'm strange. Yeah, you are strange because you are a Christian. And they don't know you. They don't know that. They don't, they don't know the light of the gospel. And so that's how God impacts this world by us. It's like, man, he really messed that up, didn't he? <laughs> no. He knows how to deal with people. This is a good thing. And so we want our hearts broken for the lost. We do so that others can come to know him. We want this so that we can be used by God so that people will come to know him as Lord. That's what we desire. So then, <clears throat> he goes on to tell us here that we don't go around preaching about ourselves. We, preach, we preach Jesus Christ as Lord, and we ourselves are your servants for Jesus' sake, and that's what he's saying. He's kind of laying it out there and saying, we're going to be telling people about the Lord. I'm not trying to promote myself, you know, and at this time, you know, telling people that he's a Christian and a follower of Christ was not real popular, you know, and so he was getting beat up every time he turned around. He finally felt that God was leading him into Mesopotamia, and man, as soon as he got there, he got slammed, and he got stoned, and he got stomped and everything, and he kept getting up, and he's like, well... Okay, let's move on, you know. And it's like, well, he was just an Iron Man. He was different. No, he's us. He's us. Why? Because the light of the gospel was in him. Because he's being changed from the image of the glory to the glory to the glory. He was like, you know, it, it, it was God in him. And he even says that here in a second. But we'll get there. Amplified the, in verse 6. And this is where, you know, this is the really the, the culmination of this. For it is God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the glory, the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The Amplified puts it this way. For God who said, um, let light shine out of the darkness has shown in our hearts so as to beam forth the light for the illumination of the knowledge of the majesty and the glory of God as it is manifest and is revealed in the face of Jesus Christ the Messiah. New Living Translation. For God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Wow! How awesome is that? The one who spoke light into darkness has spoken light into you, into your heart. And that light is there and it reveals the knowledge of the Messiah. Whoa! You know, we can get all like, man, this world is crazy. I can't stand it. Did you hear what Nancy Pelosi said? Man, you know, yeah, yeah. Pray for her. She's a mess. It's like it's time for us now to, 
to, to take this and say, yeah, we have the light in us. He spoke light into darkness at the beginning and said, let there be light. Let there be light in you. That's what he says. Wow. That's amazing. And we have this. This is incredible. And we step back and we look at verse 4 and it says, Whose mind the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. Whoa. We have the light. And he, and he is blinding them from the light. And as we know, that the light came into the world and, you know, the light was the light of man. And so it was like God lit up the world when Jesus came and he died and rose. And because we have received him as Lord, we have that light and it's there for us. And we have freedom in that. And we are no longer hooked by the nose and drug around. Satan still hates you. That's a guarantee. He always will. But he hated you before, too. You know, and so all of the sin that you were caught up in and all the garbage and the junk that you had that that he set up for you, it wasn't a good thing. It was all bad and it was terrible. And he tore you up with it and he messed you up with it and he stomped you with it. But then you got away. You received Christ. You have the light in you. And he spoke that light in. Wow. How awesome is that? So the locking light and darkness here. Unreal. So then we know, he says. He says, you know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. Let's turn over to um, Romans chapter 6. Okay, Romans chapter 6, starting at verse 3. He says, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him for the death that he died. He died to sin once and for all. But the life that he lives, he lives to God. Unlo to God. Unlike you also reckon yourselves, uh, likewise, all, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Knowledge. We know as we were baptized into Jesus, we were baptized into his death. We know that our old man was crucified with him. 
we died with Christ, we believe, we live with him. We know that Christ was raised from the dead. He dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. And so we reckon ourselves to be dead or we account ourselves to be dead to sin but alive to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. We know this. We know this. The light gives the knowledge of this. We understand this. This is not something that's a great mystery. Yeah, I'm a Christian, but I don't know what that means. You know, you know, it could be anything. It's like, you know, I, I don't even know. Yeah, you do know. Because if you actually receive Christ as Lord and Savior, you know. This is, the light shines and the knowledge is there. It's not a great, you know, mystery thing that you don't know. You know these things. You know you are baptized with Him in death. You know that you were raised with Him in life. You know that you're dead to sin. Yeah, man, but I really struggle, you know, I can't stop. Yeah, you can stop. So stop. You can. You can. Because you have freedom. You know, we reread the word over and over and over. Yeah, but I don't understand it. Well, then get a version you can. There's like 200 versions, man. You can get it in Jewish and in Greek and in, in Spanish and English and anything. You can get New Living and Amplified and you can get any kind of thing. Oh, I don't read very good. Then get a children's version. You know, it's cool. You know, tape over the kid part so no one knows. It's all right. It's okay. You need the Word of God. It's all right. There's nothing wrong with that. We need to read the Word so we know what it says so we have this encouragement. We want to know, you know, Christ. And He's going, you've got the knowledge here. You know that you're saved. And if you're saved, then this is the position that you're in. And you can battle sin and things like that in your life. And trouble when they come, you know where to go. And you know who to hand it off to. And you can have encouragement. We look at people, you know, we, we know people, then they get upset. And, and, and they, they get bummed out because this happened or that or they're ill or things happen and that sort of thing and it's tough or they lose a child and all oh, the and horrible things happen and and why would that and 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 things and we can just keep mounting it up mounting it up and i can and i can say man you know <clears throat> i can be angry and and such at this world and stuff and god goes please don't get angry because his heart is breaking because it's like the orphanage he sees them clinging. And even though they're caught up in the most horrible things, he's like going, please let me handle this. I will. I'll take care of it. Trust me. I'm going to handle it. That's why he's like going, let it go. You know, if you're going to forgive people, let it go. Don't get caught up in hate and stay there because it eats you alive. Forgiveness is just as much for us as for others because we need to let go. We don't want to stay caught up in, in things that just keep us in a position to where we can't move because that's exactly what it does. When I get angry, I don't move. I don't grow. I just stay there. You know? And, and, and I'm weak in this place because you know I allow things to get in my head and I tumble. And as they tumble in my head, 
all that kind of stuff. It's like I, it's like I stay caught up in that, and I don't grow. And he's like going, let go. Get rid of it. Move ahead. Stay in the Word. We know these things. They're there, and they're ours. So we go back to our Word here, back into our text, and he says then, <clears throat> looking at verse 7, For we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellence of the power of God may be... Um, the excellent power may be of God and not of us. That's wonderful. And there's the pressure release. You ever use a compressor, you know, and, and the thing, you know, you fill it up with air and you're using it and stuff, and they always say let the pressure off so the next time you turn it on, you know, the pressure, it, the w motor won't work so hard, you know, if it, if it has to build up from zero. So you let loose the little, the little valve, you know, and all the pressure is released and it goes, you know, it's kind of cool, you know, it makes noise, <laughs> makes things bulge around and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of a neat thing. But he's the pressure, that's the pressure release right there. He's like, when you guys are in earth vessels, and so all you got to do is let the power, you know, move forth because you can't do things on your own. You can only trust me to pull it together for you that you can't. He's like going, you know, we talk about freedom, we talk about doing things, you know, dominion of sin and over those and all those kinds of things. Really what we're doing is we're letting God have control so that we're not caught up and beat up in stuff. He's the one that's going to take control and deal with stuff. It's not going to be me white knuckling it trying to be a strong guy, you know. Come on, you know, pull yourself up by your bootstraps, you know. You know, just do it, you know. It's like, yeah, it's easy to say, but it's tough. But in Christ, I have because I have all the power. I've got the light. I've got the whole package. And I believe it because he says that the light illuminates the belief. And so it's there. And I know it. You ever been in a position where you're supposed to do something and you didn't do it? And all of a sudden, he's like going, blam. And the knowledge is there. And he's like, going, come on now. You know, I want you guys to walk. Don't run away and hide. I want you to walk. And so we stay kind of in this turmoil, and then I get all guilty. Oh, man, you know, I'm just a loser. I don't know why God would even like me. I, you know, he should, like, hate me. He should, like, stomp me. You know, and he's, like, going, you're in an earthen vessel. I understand. I made you the way you are. It's cool. And I'm in control. Let me have it. And I'll take care of it. It's cool. It's all right. So our pressure release here. We have the light shining in our hearts, but we're like frail uh, clay jars containing this great treasure, you know. And so, and it, and he, and it makes it clear that the excellence excellence of the power is of God and not of us. So my, in my weakness, he's made strong, and I understand this now, and I believe this. I don't, I don't want to get washed over and I don't want to always get beat up and that sort of thing. I don't want to be like some, you know, piece of wood in a stream that's always in a rapids that's always bouncing down around and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I want to stand strong. But at the same time, we're, we are frail and we're going to fall and we're going to falter, but we're going to stand up and we're going to get back on track. 
because that's his desire for us to be in that position. So then we look at verse 8. He says, we are hard pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus may be manifest in our mortal flesh. So then death is working in us, but life in you. And since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke, we also believe that therefore we speak, knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will also raise you up with Jesus and will present you... um, will present us with you for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having been spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. So he's saying, we are pressed on every side by trouble, but we're not crushed. And we are perplexed, but we are not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. Um, we are knocked down, but we are not destroyed. This is amazing scripture because um, we know the life of Paul. We know the, what happened to him. We know the way things work. We know where it all ended up at. And we know he even gives a list of how many times he was abused and thrashed. Or probably just a little inkling of just exactly what all happened to him. It must have been a wreck. He probably couldn't stand upright. He probably couldn't hardly walk. He was just probably beaten from inside out. He was just tore up all the time. And he was always worried about the churches um, failing or closing or going down and that sort of thing. So he had fear and stuff on top of everything else. But he's like, going, you know, I've got a clear conscience. And he knows that in his sincerity that, you know, he is where he's supposed to be and that sort of thing. But this is the most difficult scripture because he's almost flippant about it. He's always saying, yeah, we've got, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're in despair. You know, sometimes we're confused, but we're not in despair. And then other times we're beaten down, but we're not destroyed. We got tough times going on, but, eh, you know, I'm not... Uh, you know, we're not taken out yet, and so I'm still here. He was stoned to death, and his boys were standing around looking at him. And all of a sudden, he wakes up and gets back up again and goes back into town. Now, that's got to be a trip, you know, especially for the dudes in Lystra, I think, is where it was at. That must have been a mind-blowing experience because he was supposed to be dead. They left him outside of town dead. Now, if I got beat up with a bunch of rocks, you know, even if I was left somewhat alive, I wouldn't have been able to get up and walk around, you know. I mean, you can imagine bones are broken and stuff. This guy just gets up and walks back into town, hangs out there, and then leaves the next day, you know, on his own. They didn't, like, throw rocks and beat him up again. They probably ran and hid, and then he did his thing and left. But, I mean, he's like going, it's okay. He's like saying that I'm in the position I'm in so that you can get saved. And then once you're saved, then God's going to build it up and we're all going to 
fit together here. He's like going... In verse 10, the New King James says, always carrying about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus may may also may be manifest in our bodies. The Amplified tells it like this, always carrying about in the body the liability and exposure to the same putting to death that the Lord Jesus suffered so that the resurrection life of Jesus may be shown forth by and in our bodies. And then the new living through suffering, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. And he's saying is, is he's saying that, that they're getting beat up so that even though they're getting beat down, the life of Jesus is coming forth so that they can see it. And we're like going, man, I'm glad I'm not in his shoes. But you know, there's guys going all over the world right now that's in this very same position. Our church supports missions in other areas that are in these positions that have placed themselves out there. And when you guys go to work every day, and when you guys are at home or you're ministering to your families or in whatever position that God has placed you in, you, you're in we're all in this position. Well, it may not be as dramatic as that, but still... Just the fact of knowing how many relatives we all have that don't know Christ is really difficult to deal with. And it's very heavy. It's very hard to move and to understand that, that those that we love may not be with us in heaven. We, we know this. And we, and we desire that they get to know God. And you know why? You know why you care? Because of the light of the gospel that he spoke into darkness is in you. And that is the, you believe it to be true. And because you believe it, you want it for others. Because he wants that none should perish, but all come to eternal life. And you want the same thing. If you know Christ, then you have this in your heart. And your desire is to see others get saved. In whatever manner he's going to use you. And it may not be that, you know, you're going to have to be a mission that, or, or an apostle or something that's going to get stopped. You're just going to put yourself out there and say, Lord, I want to be available to however you want to use me. And he will. That's what he's going to do. That's what he wants to do. We know this and we believe this. And, you know, the giver of light you know, shining in us. We live in a constant danger of death. This is what the apostle says, because we serve Jesus so that the life of Jesus will be evident in our dying bodies. And so we live in the face of death, but this has resulted in eternal life for you. He's saying we're putting ourselves out there so that others can know him. And that's the ultimate thing. And God even said, you know, that, you know, they can, they can, um, you know, they, Maybe they can kill your body, but they can't touch your soul. It's like, well, that's, that's not a real comfort <laughs> when, when it comes right down to it. You know, I mean, I could get excited about all kinds of things, but that's like, you know, yeah, I could, they could kill me, but they can't touch my soul. You know, yeah, you know, you might give you the ability to deal with that at the moment in time that it happens, but at this moment in time, I'm not real comfortable about that, you know. <laughs> it's like, if you're going to do that, make it quick, you know, and, and, and stuff. But, you know, whatever, however that turns out. But the apostle was like, 
you know, hey, however it happens, it's so that people can know him. And so he says, yet we have the same spirit of, of faith as spoken in Psalm 116.10. I have believed, therefore I have spoken. Uh, we too believe and speak, and we know that God who raised the Lord Jesus will also raise us up with Jesus and present us to himself together with you. So then it's all the same, and we're all on the same even keel, and we're all in the same place. Now, man, you know, we're all going to line up behind Paul because obviously he's the hero and he's the first one. And he's like, oh, man, I just hope that I get to be named up in the same group as you guys. That's what he's saying, man. We're all in this together. And so when there's, you know, we, we don't like this guy or this person said this or this person's got silly hair or I don't want to be seen with him or some other kind of thing or it's goofy or weird or there's all kinds of... He's like, oh, man, we're all the same because we all have the light. And so we need to stay together so that we can then bounce off each other so that others can know the Lord and stuff. Because we don't want we don't want to act and look like what's out there, because if we do that, then, you know, we're not in the right place. And sometimes he cleans house. He will do that. But I don't think that's here. That's. I don't think that we're in danger of such a thing. I, as you can see, there's a lot of things going on here. How this fellowship here and the pastors here want to impact this community, and I think that's evident. And I think that this shows the sincerity of this fellowship. So that's an awesome thing. So... <coughs> So since we're all in this together and we're all looking for the glory, you know, to come, a hope that goes beyond this world. We'll look at verse 16 now. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is not, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. There, while we do not look at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So he says that's why we never give up. Our bodies may be dying, but our, and our spirits are being renewed daily. This is really important for us to realize. Because you may be going through it right now. You may be really having a tough time. Life may have really handed you a tough one and you're, and you're in a downturn right now and it's difficult and it's hard to look up. And, and it just seems like every time you turn around, you get another swift kick. And it's just difficult and difficult and difficult and it just seems to be hard to walk and to move and sort of thing and it can be in all kinds of different things it can even just be in emotions and depressions and stuff like that and difficulties that way but he says here that he's being renewed daily god renews us daily that means i can trust that i can believe this I don't, I don't have to stay in depressed places and in, and in difficulties and that kind of thing. I mean, I may be in it, but I don't have to dwell in it because I'm being renewed daily. 
He's strengthening us all the time. And I can't believe that I made it through this day. And I can't think, and I can't even think that I'm going to have to do this again tomorrow. And he's like, going, oh, I haven't gone anywhere. I'm right here. The light is still in you. You're still strong. And, and we're going to do this together. And I've got your back. And you're forward and I'm carrying you in the whole bit, the whole thing. I've got it all. You're going to make it through this and you're going to be here over and over and over again. He renews us. And you're going to be fine because I've got you. And the cool part about this is that you get to be with me when this is over because it's temporary. It's not forever. It's temporary. He says that... Our present bodies are small and they're not going to last long. And they produce, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs these troubles and will last. Our present troubles are small and they won't last long. They produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs these troubles and will last forever. So the glory is forever. The trouble is just temp. And we know this. This is cool because it seems like it lasts forever. Man, I've been sick my whole life, man. You don't even know. I was like a little baby and I was sick. And all the way up until now, I can't even walk. I can't even hardly breathe. I can't even move and that kind of stuff. And God goes, yeah, but it's temporary because you were there. Now you're there. And one of these days, you're going to be in eternity. You trust me for where you're going to end up at. I promise you it's temporary. It's okay bummer of it is is that if you don't know him as lord it's not temporary it's forever and you think you've got trouble now beware don't leave this room without jesus christ in your heart don't do that do not leave here unless you have christ in you really So we don't look at trouble we can see now. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. Faith is a realization of things hoped for and the confidence of things not seen. How wonderful. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. You have attached yourself to the parent the true one, the heavenly father, the glorious one, and his son. That's who you have attached yourself to. You have clinged to him. You grasp on to him. You try to get as close as you can. You touch his face. You grab a hold of his clothes. You don't want to let go. And he's going to take you to eternity. But if you haven't received Christ, you're grasping onto the stranger who hates you and he's taking you to hell. And so now we have a, a place as a decision to make. Do you go in that one direction or do you attach yourself to the true one who truly loves and died for you so you can be with him forever? Because the things that he talks about here are, are yours if you know him as Lord. And he's a prayer away. Believe in your heart. Confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. 
and, and he's a prayer away. And it's there for us if we desire that. We know you do because we all have the desire for the parent. Don't attach yourself to the stranger. He hates you. And you have an opportunity to attach yourself to the true one who truly does love you and wants you to be with him. <clears throat> we attach ourselves to the parent, not to the stranger, because we're just passing through, and we're just passing through here, and we're looking to the eternal. Keep your eyes on eternity because it's coming. It's coming, guys. You know, a couple weeks ago I was 15. <laughs> I know, you don't believe that, but it's true. It's true. I turn around and look in the mirror and like going, who put this picture here of an ugly man? We're passing through. Let's pray. Father, we just glorify you. We honor and worship you, Lord. Father, we... Uh, we just can't uh, grasp how much you love us. Father, if there's anyone here that doesn't know you as Lord, don't let them leave here without making that decision to come to know you. We pray, Father, that you'll loosen them up to drop any phobias or whatever kind of fears or angers or anything and that they'll turn to you and no longer grasp onto the stranger. Please, Lord, move and touch in a mighty way. We pray that you'll continue to strengthen us. Father, we just glory in you that, that we can look to the eternal, that everything here is temporary. There's nothing here that's going to stay. It's going to be all removed, and you're the only reality that we have here. You're the only thing that's real that we can grab a hold of, and we do that, Father, and we don't want to let go, and we never will. We love you, Lord. We thank you that you've done so much for us. We honor and glorify you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.